Blog Talk Radio. UTL Radio welcomes you to this episode of Understanding Business, a weekly radio program focused around business and personal development topics. The program is hosted by nationally recognized business attorney Peter Lamont and is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and Associates. As always, we welcome input and feedback from you, the listener, and we encourage you to join in the conversation by calling the live program at 347-855-8831 or by contacting us via our social media sites. Links to our various sites are listed on our main website, utlradio.com. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Welcome to this special edition of Understanding Business. Uh, We have with us today restaurateur, author, and so much more, Fabio Viviano. We had him scheduled for yesterday, but there were some setbacks and scheduling difficulties. Come back on today. Know that Fabio can cook, um, but what we're going to talk about today is Fabio as an entrepreneur and a businessman. Before I introduce Fabio and get started, our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks on the internet. <clears throat> Audible has a massive library of more than 100,000 audio programs, and they're providing our listeners with a special, exclusive offer. Just head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash UTL Radio, and you can download a free audiobook, no strings attached. While we're talking about books, I want to mention that Fabio was kind enough to provide us with an autographed copy of his brand new book, Fabio's Italian Kitchen, that we're going to be giving away today. Yesterday, in preparation for the show yesterday, we had um, taken all of the, the questions that were submitted for Fabio and entered them into a random drawing. We picked one name out of the uh, the bunch yesterday. And we're going to announce the winner of the of the um, autographed cookbook at the end of today's show. Fabio, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for um, you know working it out so you could be back on today. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Sorry, guys. I have uh, I have no voice very much. I've been uh, the last three four days to do some extensive training uh, for my employees. So I'm a good speaker, but I hate microphones. So I kind of lost my voice in the last three days. Uh, we we can hear you, so I think we'll be okay. You know, Fabio, we were talking, we were asking prior to the show to give us, you know, a word or a phrase that that comes to mind when they think of Fabio Viviani. And here are the top three: we had chef, Italian, and for most of the women polled, hot. So, you know, oh, by the way, you know, one woman in my office, Sandy, who was um, very upset that things didn't work out yesterday because she was so excited to hear from you told me that she thinks the only way we can fix this is if you fly out here and cook her a personal dinner. So we'll talk about that later, okay? I I, I think I agree. I agree with her. I should do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, what's interesting with that poll, though, is that businessman and entrepreneur, they weren't even in the top ten. So people don't necessarily see you as a businessman or an entrepreneur, and that's what we're going to talk about today because, you know, I think people – believe that your success started with Top Chef, but that's not true because at 27, you owned five restaurants in Florence. Yeah, you know, it's, this is the 
this is the part I love about the place I am in life right now. <clears throat> People still recognize me and associate me for what my passion is, which is being a chef. But the reality, the actual chef part of it only pay for 10% of my bill. Right. Um, you know, I have a wide restaurant business because we just opened our number 12. So, I mean, if you think about it, I haven't been in the United States for 10 years yet, and we have 12 restaurants. So we're doing okay as far as food and hospitality. But what I also do, I own and operate companies that train corporate America nationwide. Um, I'm, a key, I'm, a, I'm a key guest speaker. Um, I do keynotes. I do corporate training. I do consulting for hospitality business, hotel. Um, we just finished a three-day program at Harvard University for a, a huge corporate America that were trying to train their, um, their executive on marketing, social media, branding, and, and that was the key speaker for the, three, for the three days. I do other things. I do publishing. We publish cookbooks. Yeah. I have uh, I have a company that does uh, media and social media. We manage over fifteen hundred accounts. I have uh, well, what I have we do re- I do real estate. Um, I do I do I do I do a few things. Um, but with that said, what makes me very happy, and the only part that I truly enjoy is to be a chef in a restaurant. Right. But you know that everything else is. Business, you know, well, I think it's funny because, yeah, they see you as a chef. But what I I don't think people know about you, and this is the question that I have for you is, you know, at 27 years old, you own five restaurants. Most people in their 20s that live in the U.S. today still live at home, have no idea what they're going to do with themselves. So, what what <laughs> thing shaped your young life to make you so hungry and to want to be so? Uh, successful. What, what are there any things that happened? A pivotal well, event in you know, young life. When I when I was twenty twenty seven, yeah, when I was twenty seven, I actually had seven restaurants. I had a farmhouse. I had two hotels. I had a bed and breakfast, and I had three dance clubs in Italy. Um, what happened was that I started to work when I was eleven years old, <clears throat> and when I say work at eleven. I don't mean a lemonade stand. I was doing that when I was five. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was five, I had a dozen of lemonade stands. I was buying lemons, and I was taking 40% off uh, from what the other kids were doing at their lemonade stand because I was providing the shack and the lemon. So I was kind of, you know, doing franchising already. But I was, I was five years old. When I was 11, I actually started to work for a paycheck in an actual business, and uh, I was very young, and during the day I couldn't work because I was going to school. We were talking about mid- middle school. And what I, what I did, pretty much I found myself a job at night, from midnight to 8 in the morning every day, seven days a week. I was, uh, I was working in a bakery when I was 11. And then I just, I don't know, man, I just loved to work, and I kind of needed because my mom was very sick. So... Mm-hmm. For me, in order to help the household paying the bill, I had to get a job. But I wanted to go to school. I wanted to go to work because I was not the classic good student. Actually, if you ask me, I'm a horrible student. 
I'm, I'm a great te- I'm a great teacher, but I'm a horrible student. I just I'm very anarchic. I don't like rules. I don't like regulation. I, I like creativity. I like independence, and that does not conform with school system. Right. So for me, dressing like every other kid was like I would have rather shoot myself in the head. <laughs> and and, uh, and for me, just going to school and I just I couldn't do it, man. I'm not very good in geography. I know nothing about history. And, you know, mathematics is not my thing. There is an app for it. I don't need to. So right. maybe I'm not that smart from a from a, a, a socially acceptable standpoint, but I'm very street smart. You know, when I moved to this country in the United States in 2000 and, uh, well, December 2005, but then I got injured. So really I started to look at America in February 2006. I didn't spoke a word of English, not one word. So for me, it was all about organization. It was all about what I wanted to do, having a good game plan. To think about America, the biggest reality about America is that it's not about how good you had it in your life. I grew up, you know, I grew up with food stamp. I, I, that's another story. But anyway, I grew up with food stamp. I didn't have it bad until I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So for me, America, it hasn't been about how good I had it. America is all about how bad you want it. And if you want it bad enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And if it's not happening for you yet, too fucking bad. It's your problem. You can't blame anybody by yourself. Stop blaming history. Stop blaming economy. Stop blaming time. Stop blaming your upbringing. Stop blaming your... Anything can be changed. Anything. If you think about the 90% of America's billionaire, they came from poor family, they have been broke at least one, and most of them, they have, they have through, gone through some very, very, very drastic financial situation. 90% of them. So, so it's possible. What, what, makes, what makes somebody be able to look at, you know, because look, you hear all this stuff about positive thinking, and positive thinking, in my opinion, doesn't really do anything unless you're going no. to take some action with it. How how do you deal with this adversity that comes up? Because it comes up for everybody. How do you personally push forward and look to the next big thing instead of you know saying oh, it sucks? I always I always tell people that while you guys are trying to figure it out if the glass is half empty or half full, I'm trying to find a way to sell the fucking glass. So the reality is positive thinking is great because you got to be a positive person. Negativity, it will take you down because technically this is true. Everything you focus upon, it will happen. Worry, the word itself, worry, is the best way to make sure that things are not happening. If you worry too much, things never happen. That's how America wastes their time. They worry so much and then shit don't happen. Stop worry, start building, you know? For right. me, for me, it's, it's a matter of dynamics that makes in place a motor that fuel the success. Everything, dude, we're not talking about discovering a new planet. Everything is achievable in America. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having decent success, but I'm not the first one that did it. So the reality of it is if I, somebody has done it, all you got to do while you're staying positive 
You have to figure it out how he did it and do that again. That's, that's all it is. You want to be successful as a young in the restaurant? Great. Start to work 130 hours a week, which is the average of what I work right now. Associate yourself, associate yourself, associate yourself with good people. And what else you got to do? You got to find trust in financial institutions. You got to find good investors and have a fantastic business plan and be positive and educated enough that what you tell them to make sure that they can invest in you is not a crock of shit. Right. It, it takes, I'm not saying it doesn't take a lot. I'm just saying it's very possible. And if you don't have the drive to make it possible, then blame, every, blame yourself, not everybody else, not the time, not the economy. Make sense? It does. How important to you is focus? You know, as far as what you focus on, the questions you ask yourself, how important is that to you in your success? You know, I got to say, that might be the wrong question for me because I'm the kind of guy that I, I'm doing 30 things, I want to do 60. I'm doing 60, I want to do 120. I just had to learn on how to delegate. So instead of turning projects down, I just hired new people that can focus on those projects so I can still nail the 20 I'm doing and they are bringing up the other one until what I do is, you know, I get free for one project, I jump in one else. I have, like, seriously, 20 things going on. I have 20 things going on. Yeah, I have, I have, I have like, 20 things going on right now. But when the opportunity presents, I don't turn it down. I just hire a good person, equal to me, if not better. I create a company and I tell this person, hey, deal with this until I can focus on it. And that's how we have so many businesses. Right. I own a software company. I forgot to tell you. I bought, I bought five years ago, I bought a software company. And now we're about to launch this product on the market, which I think will be revolutionary. And again, I haven't been able to focus for five, five years almost. So what did I do? I hired a fantastic person to understand software business as much as I understand restaurants. He's giving me all the basics. Now I'm ready. I'm taking over. Now, do you have a hand in all of your businesses? You mentioned at the beginning of the show that you were training your, your staff. So are you yes. hands-on with all your businesses? Yes, I have the final say on everything that's going on in my restaurant. My employee, my key employee, my colleagues, everybody around me has complete freedom to operate within guidelines. There is a system in process that's how you keep continuity. So what happens, the system creates rules and regulations while keeping you free to create whatever you like. That's how I grow talent. Ten out of my 20 business partners, they're my former employees 10 years ago. Simply because they understand rules, they understand dynamic on how to present a new idea, and I have the expertise to judge if those ideas potentially will be good. So let them build. Then at the end of the day, I'll decide if it's a good idea, and we go for it. Because, again, 90% of the money I'm using is mine. So that's a, a small luxury I keep for myself, the, the final decisional power. But the process, but the process, the way you get there, it, it's just a system that we have developed through the year. You know, just think about you know, the biggest reality, the biggest reality of America in predatorship is, First of all, you'll never get rid of problems. You will never get rid of problems in your life. You're only going to get better quality problems as you go. Right. You know, the more you grow, the more successful you are. 
the better quality problem you get. The other biggest reality is that nobody knows the recipe for success. Nobody. Not even the billionaire of America. What they do know very well is the recipe for disaster, which they learn from their mistake and they don't do ever again. You know, there is a bug that goes around. It's almost like a virus that goes around in American inventorship. It's called stupidity. Keep doing the same things over and over and over and expecting different results. A lot of people in America don't succeed because they're too stubborn about keep elaborating, keep working on the same things when they clearly know that they're not going anywhere. Right. You know, you have a passion for origami, and you have been trying to make a business out of it for the past 10 years. Dude, keep it as a hobby and get a fucking job. Make sense? It does. It absolutely does. You know what? One thing that's interesting. You know what? A lot of businesses, a lot of big business in America, they've got this fear of too much information to their employees because they don't want their employees to know too much, to be as good as they are, to be able to make a ton of money of the advice. What do you think about that? I think it's a crock of shit. That's what I think. The reality, buddy, is if you don't cultivate your good employee and then eventually make them business partner, they're going to leave. Right. I would do it too. Why would, they, why would you want to leave? Why would you want a good employee leave you just because you're too greedy and you want to keep all the money? That doesn't make any sense. Open 10 more restaurants with them. I'd rather have 20% of a very large watermelon than 100% of the grape, and every three years I got to change employees to the good one that leaves me. Yeah, yeah. You can't How? do it unless you, unless you're the, I guess you're, you know, the oldest uh, profession in the world, right? Unless you're a high-paid escort, I don't <laughs> think you can do anything by yourself. You need employees. <laughs> well, even even they have pimps, though, right? And even they have some help sometimes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, in one interview, I heard you refer to yourself. Um, as a nice guy, you melt when you're around kids, but in business, you're a tank. What do you mean by that? Well, in business, I consider myself a tank. You know, you know, a tank. You understand the concept of a tank, like military, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When you when you it's like it's like driving a tank on a freeway. Oh, let's put it this way: driving a tank in Manhattan. That's how I consider myself. When you are a tank and you drive through Manhattan, things are not happening to you; you're happening to them. So I'm not victim of circumstances. I make the circumstances happen. So, you know, people are waiting for the economy to hit to buy a new house. They're waiting for um, something miracle happen to get a pay rate. Somebody is waiting for 20 years to sell their stock bond. You know, I don't give a shit. I do things that I do when I need to do them, regardless of what everybody else believes. I don't know if it's a hard concept to understand, but yes, there is some general rule on the market that, you know, if the market goes up, you might want to sell some assets and cash out. If the market goes down, it's time to buy. I get it. Fine. But besides you general rule, you've got to be the squeeze on the shit happens, not everything else. So you're you're consistently taking action. Instead of letting things happen to you, you're the one that's putting these things into motion. And and would you say that consistent action is the way 
that you've been able to to build ongoing success? Yes, consistent action. When the when the newspaper tells you that something is about to happen, it's already late. Right. Yeah, that's true. Now, I'm sure that you've had ideas that you've you've come up with not work out. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they say, oh, this didn't work out. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm a loser. And then they don't try again. How do you deal with failure? Well, I, I, that, that's a blessing because you are just be made aware of one different way that your idea is not going to work out. So you're fortunate. You're just going to do something different now. Think about so you, Edison. Mm-hmm. Think about that Edison, right? The guy, the guy that invented the switch, the light, the electricity. Do you know how many times he tried before the Edison? Almost a thousand times. One thousand. Do you know how many? Do you know how many times Walt Disney did try to do what he did before it was Walt Disney? Fourteen. Do you know that Ford, the guy that invented car, failed and he was broke three times before? The year that in America, 80% of the car on the planet, not in America, were Ford. So failure is just one step closer to success, depending on how stubborn you are. And I'm very stubborn. Very. So really, what's important is the way that you focus on things that are, are going on in your life. Because you can choose to focus yeah. and say, oh, this sucks, this is it's negative. Or you can focus on this learning experience. You cannot listen. You can only control what you can control, right? So just stop fucking waiting. Stop complaining. There's nothing. What are you complaining about? It. You're walking. You have two legs. You're healthy. Everything is fine. You're alive. You're healthy. That, that's you're, you're made it already. You're luckier than a lot of people in America. So now focus on what's good. Try to baby step. One thing you don't want to do is to overshoot. You know, it's just out of culinary school. Don't hope to open your own restaurant. That is not going to work out. You don't have the expertise to do it. But you got to balance your expert, your expectation with your expertise level. Can you run a restaurant alone? No. Then shut the fuck up. Stop wanting a restaurant and start to learn how to run your profession before you run also everybody else's profession. I've been right. in business for 26 years. I haven't done this three years ago. This is my, my overnight success. He's been building upon 26 years of expertise. I didn't know how to run restaurant 15 years ago. I mean, I did because I had it, but I had people that were doing it for me. Make sense? Right. Yep. Now, so you know, I what, know what I wanted. Let me, let me ask you a question. People think that, you know, Top Chef's what made you. I'm sure that Top Chef gave you opportunities, but you it already... Right, it did help. Now, you know, isn't isn't it true that that they asked you multiple times to be on the show before you agreed? Yeah, actually, I, I went on Top Chef after four times. I was asked to be on season two, three, and four, and I said, "No, guys, I gotta do some other stuff now, more important." I was opening my first two restaurants in America, so my followers needed to be there. Right. And then, and then I decided to do it. Can I get a couple chances? And the decision to do it for you, I mean, is it, what, was, what was driving you? Was it fame? Was it uh, opportunity? No, I, I, don't, I don't care about fame. I really don't care. Some people think I'm famous. I, I, I could, if I could give it up without affecting the business, I would. Mm-hmm. I don't care to be famous. I want to be, be secure. I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for my employees. I want to provide for my business partner. 
any fight could do that and be as successful as I am without television. I'll be giving it up tomorrow. It is fun. Let me wrong. Look, it's fun. A lot of people get very excited. And as a principal, I like to make people happy. So that's right. good. But, you know, I'm a fairly private person and I'm not a big show off. And so for me, TV, it is what it is. I'll keep doing it because I think most people said I'm good at it, but not what I, I was planning to do, you know. But for you now, at this point, I mean, it's been a means to an end because it's it has generated a number of opportunities for you, and and so yeah. you know, it's it's it worked out. Never said it didn't. I yeah. just said I don't enjoy as much as people believe I do. Right, right. Now, do you think that people that go on to Top Chef in in search of fame? And that's their primary focus, fame, that they're kind of like doomed to failure because they're not thinking about success, but just thinking about, yeah. you know, that fleeting moment of fame. Yeah, yeah. they just want to shake in, kiss baby, and get laid three times on a Saturday night because of TV. And they want to sign three, hopefully, cookbooks that they will publish maybe once and never sell because they don't have a marketing machine behind. Right. It's such a waste. We had, you had over 300... You know, I had over 300 people on Top Chef in the past 12 years, and I can tell you four or five that made a, actually a good success out of it. Yeah. Yeah, half of them I you think, can't you even know, Yeah, myself, Carla Hall, Mike Isabella is doing fantastic. Um, Richard Blaze is doing is doing okay, and uh, there you go. i got to think about the fifth one, see? <laughs> You know, if you take a look at your website, FabioViviani.com, I mean, there is so much going on. You've got a line of yeah. cookware at Bed Bath & Beyond. You've got wine. You've got a magazine. You've got books. I mean, you've yeah, got, got it all. Own... Yeah, I got my own magazine. That's one thing that I wanted to do it because I couldn't find that. But believe it me, now, give uh, me a chance to publish one. They said, nah, you're not famous enough. All right, it's all right. I'll do it by myself. Now it's top ten magazine in the United States, but you know that's that's a uh, you know that's funny. I like to see happen things like that because I like to people say I told you. Right. <laughs> it is. So, I, I try to ma- I try to make things happen, buddy. That's all it is. Let me ask you this because I think I already know the answer. But when somebody tells you that you can't do something or you can't succeed, what does that do to you inside? If people tell me you will never be able to do this, it's on for me. It's like a, it's like a dare. It's like an implicit dare. Not only I'm going to do what you're thinking I can, but probably so good at it that my people models are going to work for me. <laughs> I've done it before a few times, actually. <laughs> you know, um, we've, got, uh, we've got a few minutes left before you have to run. I just want to announce the winner of the autographed cookbook. And, uh, they have submitted a question for you, so I want to read your question so you have an opportunity to answer it. So um, the person who was randomly selected Megan Sutton and her daughter Emma Sutton from Kansas. And here's their question. Here's the question. Do you have any tips for young people who want to train in the cooking industry? Emma wants to be a chef professional. She cooks every day and is constantly experimenting with new ideas, but we have no idea how to help her move forward to the next level. Yes, she needs to start to work in some restaurant with somebody as an intern, feeling potato, working long hours. Forgetting about Christmas, forgetting about family, forgetting about holidays, 
forgetting about every time their friend has fun because when everybody's going to be out and have fun, she's going to be working in the kitchen. Saturday, Sunday, holiday, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Year's Eve. She wants to give up a good part of her childhood and fun, then she's going to be probably a very good success in the restaurant business. If she's a person that needs to be close to her family, needs to be her Saturday and Sunday off, Friday night, she got a boyfriend, they want to go out for dinner, Christmas, she got to take a week off to make sure that she goes through all the festivity, then restaurant business is not for her. Keep her as a hobby and be a great doctor or a great veterinarian doctor or something else that does not has nothing to do with restaurant business. Restaurant business is still, for me, 100, 130 hours a week work of restaurants, and it's a lot of work when everybody else has fun. That's why the mortality ratio in restaurant employee from a restaurant standpoint as far as keeping the job is 95%. It's, a, it's very sad that 95% of every children that will go to culinary school in three years will no longer be in this business because they're going to be like, fuck this. I don't make any money and I got to work this much through the holidays, the weekend. The first 10 years, you really got to be driven by your passion. Then you start to make some money. But before you start to get, you know, in the $100,000, $80,000, $150,000 range in the restaurant, you got to do a lot, man. And most kids, they don't feel that way. They want everything and they want it right away, which is everything but restaurant business. I hope, I hope you had fun talking to me, man. Fabio, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Good thank luck you. with your new book. I uh, appreciate you thank giving me so your much. And I know you guys have a busy schedule. If you guys head on over to FabioViviani.com and look on the link, where's Fabio, you'll see all the appearances that he has. So uh, congratulations with everything, Fabio, and good, good luck. Thank, thank you guys for this interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we appreciate Fabio. Um, Coming on today, we like I said earlier, we had some issues uh, yesterday. His uh, team had some scheduling problems, but we were fortunate enough to have him back on today. And he had a lot of good advice. Um, I congratulate Megan Sutton and her daughter Emma for winning the cookbook. We'll get that out to you. Um, and clearly, you know, it, it seems as though the key to success. I mean, we talked to a lot of successful people on this show, and they all have this one recurring theme. Uh, which is 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 drive and hard work, and I think it's it's something that people, young people today, you know, talking like like Emma, uh, her mom wanted to know how can we help Emma. I think what Fabio said is so important because the idea of giving up your freedom for success is something that people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that you know you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a chef, and you have to work hard and you have to give up certain things. I think people have this misconception. It's like a, a 1950s misconception where you believe that your job is 9 to 5. You punch in at 9, you leave at 5, and you're still going to make money and you're still going to be successful. Um, today's world's not like that. No matter what you do, unless you are working for someone else and, and you're, you're more of a time clock puncher. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of people in this world who don't have that desire. They're happy making what they make and, um, you know, just going to work, maybe working at a retail job. And, and that, that's okay. That's completely okay. So I'm not knocking what they do. I think that those people who want to do something different or want to have their own business or want to be more of an independent success, because that's what a chef is, a doctor, even if a doctor is with a group, before the doctor joins the group, 
the doctor is himself or herself successful, uh, and that takes hard work. So I think that the missing one of the missing ingredients in today's society is that kids coming up today expect things to happen. They look at other people and they say, I want that to happen to me, but they don't want to work. And I don't think people understand that. Here's a guy who clearly is making a ton of money. He's got his hand in everything, and he still says he's working 130 hours a week, you know, or whatever the, the, the realistic number is. I mean, maybe he is, but my point is that he's not a guy who says, all right, I've made it, so now I'm going to sit back and do nothing. Here's a guy who's still working. He's still training his employees. He's still hands-on. And so while he's delegating certain duties, he still has control over everything, and that requires a lot of work. So I think that's one thing that especially younger entrepreneurs coming up today need to understand. If you have an idea and you have a desire and a passion and you want to be successful, A, define what success is for you, right? What is success? What does it mean to you? Does it mean having a lot of money? Does it mean having a lot of fame and notoriety? Which, you know, clearly fame is fleeting. It's, the people have talked about that for, for centuries, about how, how fame is, is nothing. Uh, and even if you listen to Fabio today, he's not in this for the fame. He's in this for um, the security. And, and, you know, his definition of success has nothing to do with fame. But you have to decide and, and define success for yourself. What is going to make you happy? Because that's what success is. Success is being happy. There are a ton of people out in the world today who we look at and say, oh, my God, they've got so much money. They're so successful. But they're miserable. They hate their lives. They hate their kids. They hate their business partners. You know, they're attempting suicide. They're on drugs because they're not happy. So in my, my world, the real definition of success is happy. You've got to be happy. There are people that have far less than others, but they are successful in their own world. They're happy. And so I think that defining success, making sure you understand what makes you happy is critical. And that's got to be the first step. And then you've got to start thinking about some of the other things that we talked about today. Hard work, perseverance, focus. The importance of focus uh, is, is, can't be understated. If you focus on all of the negative things in your life, your brain and while this is not a big psychological lecture, right, nor am I qualified for that, um, but your brain will automatically sort of focus everything in your life on the negative. You focus on negative, you look at negative, you say negative, you think negative. That's what your brain's going to find. It's going to find all the negative things in your life. You, you look at things the way Fabio does and says, you know, this is a challenge. This is something that I've got to overcome. You tell me I can't do it. Well, I'm going to do it ten times better than, than you know, you could ever imagine um you know i've made a mistake something's gone wrong well let me figure out what i can learn from this and never make the mistake again that only happens when you have you know a positive focused outlook on what you're doing you can't sit and focus on the negative you've got to focus on all right this didn't work what can i do to make it better and i, I talk often about the uh, the analogy from um the motivational speaker Tony Robbins about the the airplane. You know, if you're going from New York to California, that that flight is never ever exactly on track. The winds, the turbulence, you know, it moves the plane slightly off course one way or the other. But at the end of the flight, you end up at your destination. So what's happened during the course of that flight? Well, the pilots have 
a clear focus. They know where they want to go. They're going from New York to California. That's their focus. And as they're progressing through the flight and things happen to them, they make adjustments. They, you know, go higher above the clouds. They go lower. They, you know, change the, the, the flight plan, but they end up getting to the point where they want to be, to that point of success. And it's a matter of not saying, oh, no, there's the, the wind, and, and now I'm a little off course. Let me turn around and go back to New York. That's not how they do it. And that's a real good analogy, I think, to think about in your lives um, as business people, as uh, uh, even in your personal successes, successes with friends and, and relationships. Having a, that clear, defined goal, understanding that there are going to be issues and hurdles, and you've got to adjust and you've got to be flexible. You know, Fabio de de described himself as a tank in business, and one thing that was so interesting, he said he affects others around him. He does not let them affect him. And the analogy of the tank is, is quite interesting because he said, as I go down the streets in Manhattan as a tank, I'm impacting everybody around me. They're not impacting me. They're, you know, I'm moving the cars out of the way. They're not hurting me uh, or, or impacting me. And I think that's just such a great analogy because you can sit in your office, you can sit in your room, you can sit in your kitchen, you can sit wherever you are and sit there and say, why is nothing happening to me? Why is the phone not ringing? Why don't I have any customers? Why don't I have any clients? Why don't I have any money? Right? So first of all, you're already asking yourself the wrong questions. These negative questions that you're focusing on, that, and your brain's never going to be able to find the solution. But, but on top of that, you're also not affecting things around you. You're letting them affect you. So I think that, um, you know, Megan Sutton's question was very good. I think that he answered it in, in as truthful a fashion as possible. And I think that it comes down to dedication, hard work, knowing what you want. Because like he said, you know, if you are not the kind of person that wants to give up your weekends and you don't want to give up your holidays, then maybe this field isn't for you because of the sacrifice. But look at someone like Fabio, look at the success that he's managed to gain from this. Um, you know, it's, it might be worth it in the long run. But that's something that each individual has to, to figure out. What do I want to do? You know, if you're a lawyer, do I want to go out of law school and go into a firm where maybe I'll make more money, but I'm working seven days a week? Do I want that? If uh, I'm a doctor, you know, do I want to start my own practice or do I want to go into a group where they have expectations of, you know, very long hours? What do I want from my life? Because that's going to determine, you know, your level of happiness, which is success in my mind. So don't just do something because it looks good, it sounds good, because you probably won't succeed or complete it. Define what success means to you. Find what makes you happy. Find your passion. And then you've got to work hard. You've got to be persistent. You've got to make sure that you are flexible enough to adjust and change those things that are not working so that you, know, you can continue to grow. You've got to focus on positive elements in your life and not let yourself get bogged down by what everybody else is doing. You know, Fabio is a good example, and I, I encourage you to you know, take a look at him um, across the Internet. There's a number of, of interesting business interviews with him and uh, his website. You, know, you can see how much he's doing. And if you put or compartmentalize the, the chef aspect of him and look at him as a business person, you know, you're able to see that 
so many of the characteristics of some of the world's top business leaders that he has. You know, he said he's not a super-duper book-smart guy, but he's street-smart. And, you know, sometimes that's more important. There are so many people in this world who are millionaire and billionaires uh, who, you know, maybe didn't even finish high school. So it's not so much about uh, your, your mental acuity, your ability to recite facts and figures. And, you know, there's, there's more to success than that. There's more to um, being able to um, make something of yourself in your, in your field. But it all starts with knowing what you want and defining success. So that is going to do it for this uh, special edition of Understanding Business. Again, I want to congratulate Megan Sutton and Emma Sutton. I'd like to also thank all of those people who submitted questions for Fabio. Uh, unfortunately, due to his very, very busy schedule, we were only able to get 30 minutes, and therefore we were unable to get to um, all of the other questions. And we had so many and such great feedback from the, from you know our listeners and from people interested in hearing Fabio. And uh, I want you to know that all of your questions have been received. They were all entered in the drawing, and we really, really appreciate you know your uh, engagement with us. And it, it really is important for you to understand that that your feedback. It really helps because it allows us to provide you with better guests or better topics, things that you're interested in, things that are going to help you in your business life and in your personal life. And I encourage you to make sure that you reach out to us however you want to do it. Email. You can do it via our social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. Uh, you know, Wherever you can find us, there's a way to contact us. If you head on over to utlradio.com, there's links to email. You can you know, post a question right on the site. You can download our app. But there's so many ways to reach out to us, but it's really important that you leave comments. You know, you, if, it's, if it's a YouTube video, let us know what you think. If it's a blog talk radio um, episode or a download that you received from iTunes, let us know because we want to give you the best possible information that we can. All right, I also want to remind you, Monday we are back with my co-host Bob Hughes. We're going to be doing the Week in Review and um, you know, we have some Halloween topics that we're going to be talking about, Halloween liability, because Halloween is right around the corner, and in addition to the other news. And then next Thursday, we've got Captain Lee. He is the star of Bravo's Below Deck. Uh, for those of you who watch Below Deck, this Tuesday is the season finale, and we have him on the show next Thursday. And we're going to talk to him about management and leadership and, uh, you know, you, the show is really a fascinating show when you can get past the sort of commercial element of the show. I mean, you've got a captain in charge of the boat and all the people, all the crew. He's got to make sure, I mean, because ultimately he's responsible. So, I mean, talk about the old analogy, you're, you're the captain of your ship. Well, he really is the captain of the ship. And we're going to talk to him about what it takes to be a successful leader, how to delegate, how to make sure that uh, the people that are working for you do the right job. You know, how can you be friendly and civil with people, but yet still command that level of respect that you need to have them do what you need them to do? And we're going to talk to him about that next Thursday. So don't miss that. Uh, we also have some other guests that are going to be really, really exciting coming up. And, you know, look at, at utlradio.com. You'll see the, uh, the list of guests. We've got Amy Applebaum coming on. Uh, we have Matt Roloff being scheduled. So, Keep uh, keep uh, you know on top of it. Subscribe to our feed, um, you know through iTunes or through YouTube, so that you are aware of future giveaways and 
future events. So that's going to do it for today. Uh, again, thank uh, Fabio Viviani for being on. Congratulate Megan Sutton and her daughter Emma for women, winning the autographed book. And uh, don't forget to tune in next Monday for Week in Review. Until then, have a good weekend, and remember that there's power in understanding the law.